This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Software and Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And today I have the pleasure of re-welcoming Josh Lupresto, VP of Sales Engineering for Tolaris. He's been on our podcast once before, and this time we're going to be chatting a little bit about the state of emerging technologies. It's a conversation we have on here a lot, but Tolaris approaches this differently, mostly because of the way that they live in the market. As a company, they're really a broker in the equation of getting technology from a manufacturer to an end user, and their relationships with big companies assist them with communication with sub-agents to then help them get technology to their end users. So there's a long chain of getting tech from one person to the next to the next, but Tolaris has a really interesting and unique position in the market to keep an ear to the ground and really get a feel for what technology is popping off, what's effective and what's not. So I'm excited to really unpack that here with Josh today. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks. I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Uh, excited to talk about technology. That's that's where the heart is for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, there's there's nothing better than focusing on, on some cool flashy tech, though. I think we're going to get to unpack here that the flashy tech isn't always the best, um, but you can also make good use of flashy tech. So we'll we'll get into it all. But to begin, uh, you know, being a technology services distributor for companies large and small, you really do have that unique position in the industry to feel out what technology is really effective and what is not. And obviously you don't want to sell technology that's just there for fluff. So let's start with what's one technology that has become an expected staple of the products that you then sell to your sub agents or assist with you know, helping them sell to their clients. And then what's one product that has shown its usefulness in really unexpected ways. So uh, unexpected useful tech and then uh, an unexpected useful tech. Yeah, you know, from an expected perspective, we all grew up in this space uh, doing the network business, the internet circuits, the tying the multiple locations together with MPLS. That's definitely been an expected tech. And as we've seen the evolutions pan out, uh, the next thing is cloud started to come out was was hosted voice, taking that premise based voice where that that phone system sat in your closet. And now putting that out, kind of making that somebody else's problem, doing it as a per user per month um, based in the cloud. So unified communications really was the first next uh, step into that. And then I think, you know, the next natural step into that um, was software defined networking. And so um, taking that that core router, or that core firewall and its functionality and it being based solely there, you know, on your premise and now separating what some of the capabilities of that that box are, splitting it in half and taking that out to the cloud while leaving a box there in some cases on-prem. So that, you know, if I would say that coming from those two or three things of where have been the staple, you know, SD-WAN has been a nice evolution of, of where it's become a little bit of the future with what some of its capabilities are. So I'm happy to kind of go in and expand on that a little bit. From an SD-WAN perspective, you know, historically, getting into the bits and bytes a little bit, everything that a firewall or a router box did sat on-prem. So you you managed and you supported and you plugged into that box and you accessed that box by physically 
being there sitting next to it. And maybe you could remote into it if you needed to to manage it. Now, that became increasingly difficult as you had multiple locations to manage and multiple boxes and, and different technologies and different needs across the globe. It became increasingly difficult to manage that. So this is kind of where SD-WAN had come from of how do we help users that struggle with this manage and monitor and make changes to all of these devices at the same time. They want to make a change. They want to make a policy change, a routing change. They have to log into each one of those devices, which, you know, if you have a lot of locations, that can be increasingly difficult. So so what SD-WAN did is it, it said, okay, let's let's leave the switching plane, which is you plug the, the, the connectors into the box and, you know, the actual switching itself. Let's leave that on the box. But Let's take that control plane and let's elevate that to the cloud and give the customer a, a web portal that they can go in and manage and monitor and make policy changes, make application priorities, make routing rules, block and allow certain ports or, or certain countries. All these things that really you would think are very simple to do were very difficult to do um, 10 years ago. Now, fast forward, we're getting into some of these SD-WAN applications that are next-gen that have crazy security capabilities built in that are very easy to manage and zero-touch deploy to all of these other countries and, and, and really make an IT guy's job much, much simpler. Are you finding that that technology is easy to communicate to your sub-agents and then for them to communicate to their end clients? Um, or do you have to, in this space... Um, I mean, dumbed down isn't the right word, but do you have to simplify some of the solutions that this product can actually deliver, right? Focus on not just what the tech does, but this is how it can change your business. I feel like that's how you really convince people that technology is useful. Yeah, I think it's hard for some of our partners to, if I'm on the partner's shoes here, and we try to do this, we try to put our 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 view uh, in the lens of a partner and understand what they're going through so that whatever technology we recommend or whatever strategy we use we we have to think is this how does this work for a partner and sometimes that becomes difficult to take uh, how do we understand all of the solutions that we have and then be able to simply articulate that and i think that's where my team becomes really beneficial to our partners in that we have a really good breadth and depth at a technical level and understanding what solution solves a customer's problem how and why, right? Down at the bits and bytes level, because ultimately, yes, there's a lot of solutions out there, but when you whittle it down to, I need, I have this requirement in this instance that works against this application that I have, it becomes a small list. And so our team's really beneficial, I think, and this is what we really want our partners to do is pull us in as an extension of them to be able to, to talk through some of that, to do that whiteboarding, right? This is this is a difficult, intangible thing that we're dealing with. And so if we get a chance to start to, to draw this out and map this out, it really helps the end customer understand it. And so look, we, we do a lot of trainings and we do a lot of events because we know that um, we need to do that to help our partners understand this and help this stuff sink in because it is not, this is not, easy stuff to understand. And so if you hear it a couple times and you see how we we help do some of these discovery calls and understand the customer's environment, we're we're ultimately trying to figure out with what the customer has, do we have a solution in the back end that mates to what they need to do or multiple solutions potentially. So I, I think if they 
if they want to go out and do it on their own and have us educate them and train them till they're blue in the face, we will love to do it. And we will absolutely do it. Um, but at the same side of that, we're equally happy to go in and be used as an extension of their team to just to help deep dive solving the customer's problem. Right. And I think another challenge is that often the easier technologies to communicate and educate on are the ones that are a little more vaporware, right? The ones that feel flashy and easy to communicate just because they seem a little more big picture. They're the coolest new emerging tech and, oh, this might be what can help our business or this is just going to add some value because it's cool and it's going to set us apart. But often that doesn't work exactly how they foresee it's going to work. So which technologies do you think, though promising, are still vaporware and why? And where is that disconnect? Um, And when businesses do push to use it or use them or however many you want to bring up, how can they negatively affect a business when used incorrectly? Yeah, that's a good question because I think... um... I think we have to understand that we run the risk of being scrutinized of making the wrong technology recommendation. And, and rightfully so. Um, this, for our partners, this is their absolute bread and butter, right? This is what feeds their families. This is what puts their kids through college. What pays their mortgage is the relationship with their customers. So if we're going to bring a product or a vendor to market, we better do a really good job of vetting that out before we put our rubber stamp on it because once we put it out there it's out there so uh, i would i would answer that a little differently in that i don't know that it's necessarily um, a a specific technology that we've seen that's a that's a vaporware i mean there's so many great things out there right now what we see from a emerging perspective like ai and all the different versions of security and IoT, I think those will all be infinitely beneficial to these end users and to the customer, uh, to the partners. Um, but for us, what we get, you know, what, what would be the equivalent of vaporware for us would be a vendor that comes to us that that wants to go to market that looks like a great, really flashy solution, but ultimately that company cannot scale and cannot meet the demands of what the customers actually need. Where they have a really, really great presentation and it looks like a great solution. Um, but ultimately, if we bring that to a large enterprise, can they support it? Do they have the backend architecture to grow and scale at the demands that, that the marketplace needs? Do they have the people, the resources, the expertise to, to help with the questions and, and the pre-sales and the post-sales process that, that we would expect and that, that our, our partners would expect? So you know, that coupled with, do they have a technology that we feel is a key differentiator in the market that we can really add some value to our partners and to the customers. When we start to add all those things together, all the technology solutions out there whittle down pretty quick. And so I would just say that um, we're very careful in making sure that we go through this process that um, not just, hey, this is a great, cool technology, but does it does it pass the test in all these other areas before we, we put this thing out there and kind of release it into the wild? Right. And when you have those communications with the technology providers, it can sometimes be a wake-up call for them too because you know, you can come to them and say, this technology is great. There's a lot of potential here, but you're not at the size for us to purchase this off of you and try to sell it because our clientele is so large that you are going to fold and collapse under the pressure of trying to deliver this technology effectively to everyone. So 
I think you're in a great position to not only provide great technology to the end users, but also be there for the manufacturers, the entrepreneurs, the ones that are actually creating this technology and help push them in the right direction, right? And give them the feedback of, yeah, this is great, but it's not quite there yet. Come back to us when you are there. Yeah, it's a very good point. We actually have these conversations a lot um, because the last thing we would ever do to somebody is say, your technology is no good. You're never going to make it here. Right. Uh, you know, go somewhere else, right? That is just not who we are. That's not in our DNA. Um, you know, I, I just, I liken it to what people did for me as I came up in this, you know, coming from just being a car mechanic and, and trying to surround myself with smart people that gave me a chance mm -hmm. that if people were willing to do that for me, I, I kind of feel indebted that we should be doing this and helping just technology get better as a whole. And I, I love the entrepreneurial mindset. And so at a minimum, we always take those calls and we always look at that technology solution because we don't know if it's the next greatest thing, because if we haven't heard of it, then, then how are we going to know? And so mm -hmm. once we get a chance to look at it and vet it and, and see the solution and does it solve problems that, that we know our partners and our customers have, it is, it's an evaluation of everything else. And so we are more than happy to, to help a company figure out what it takes to truly be successful in the channel, because we, there's, um, there is so much opportunity out there, right? The high tide raises all boats. And so any way we can help with that, we're happy to do it. So what do you think is the hardest thing to communicate to, not the technology providers, but the sub-agents and then for them to communicate to their clients when dealing with the flashier vaporware, right? It's probably more appealing on a surface level or seems easier to implement, but you have to spend that time reconvincing them of the tech that will actually service them. So if you had to, you know, summarize it into one thing, what would you say is the hardest thing to communicate? I would say the hardest thing to communicate is probably just that you have to be patient with this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have partners that have been, some are new at this and others have been doing this for a long time and they've seen a lot of things come and they've seen a lot of things go. And on the flip side of that, customers have had good experiences and they've had some bad experiences. So everybody gets to be a little gun shy, rightfully so, because your bread and butter is on the line. Your job might be on the line. Uh, you're the person responsible for this technology recommendation. So uh, I say the hardest thing sometimes is to convince our, our providers that you just kind of have to be a little patient with this because it really takes time to get a good solution into the market. Um, and, and building brand awareness can sometimes be the most difficult thing. And I think if if we can take a good solution and let that news travel of, hey, we implemented this, it worked, and that, that works its way into the partner community and, and the customers hear about it and the customers are writing testimonials and it, it solved this great problem. It was an easy implementation for me. I had problems, but when I did, um, they were there to help me through them. And it's 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 not about if and how these bad things happen and these hiccups happen, because they do happen. This is technology. It will happen. We have to be okay with that. But it's about how you respond when they do happen. And that's that's what the customers appreciate is how you do respond and how you do recover. And, and, and they have to be okay with that in some instances. And so as long as our providers are, are patient with that process, because Look, the good news travels, but the bad news travels a lot faster. So let's make sure we take our time. Let's make sure we check all the right boxes and, and that we do this right. So the next thing I want to bring up with you, Josh, is obviously since you and your company get to 
really get a, a daily look at what technology is coming into the market and what is effective and what isn't, you get to see that cycle. I think technology is a lot like fashion, right? Um, you know, something comes into the market, it becomes popular, disappears, and then 30 or 40 years later, it comes back slightly tweaked. But, you know, there there is that evolution, but that predictability, too. Uh, I think you can see a lot of patterns. So where are we right now with business-focused technological solutions and how does the current state mirror an era of growth or maybe struggle that we've already seen in technological evolution? This is a this is a really good thing to understand. I'm a big proponent of if if you want to know where this is going, you have to know where we have been and where technology has been. So mm-hmm. to me, technology is very similar to history. It, it you have to be cognizant of it because it has a tendency to repeat itself. Yeah. And so any great technology evolution that I've seen, at least in my time, has just been a tiny little twist on the way we were doing things before. You know, if we go back to looking at, I'll pick on the 800-pound gorilla in the cloud space, right? We we pick on uh, AWS. You know, there was a white paper uh, that the guy that was over some of the website design uh, that, that that built that out over at Amazon.com when they were starting to become popular in the early 2000s. Benjamin Black put this put this document out and this white paper that says, man, you know what? Uh, we're really having a tough time keeping up with our infrastructure to meet the demands of Amazon.com. People are, turns out people really actually like buying books online, despite (laughs) what other people told us. There's something to this. So how can, yeah, how, how can we decouple the hardware from being able to maybe manage that from the software? So he wrote a white paper and he put it up internally and it got proposed and lo and behold, um, Amazon and, and AWS were able to make it very easy for for a startup in a dorm to to put a product to market, to put infrastructure out in the cloud. And so all we did was we took things that had been done before, um, applications that sat on hardware in a server in a data center, and kind of decoupled that a little bit and put a little layer in between that that said, let's let's figure out how to virtually access that and virtually allocate resources to that. Uh, and then let's let's invest and in, in, and take the capex of that, and then charge it in a monthly opex to a customer as a service monthly. To where now, that customer doesn't have to necessarily take resources and put a server in a data center and manage it and install it and procure it and maintain it and, and refresh it every couple of years. Now we have all these solution providers that compete with an Amazon and have a really great um, private cloud solution and strategy and just do it monthly as a service. So it, it, the barrier to entry now is totally different than it was um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So it, again, it's it was just a tiny twist on the way that we were doing things before. You look at, you look at what uh, Steve Jobs did, right? The great iPhone release. He said, look, we've got this device um, that we're gonna put out that can have you browse the internet. We've got another device that can that can help make phone calls. And we've got another device that does this. And everybody's looking for these three devices. And he right. says, check it out. It's one device, uh-huh. right? He didn't do anything revolutionary. He just looked at a problem in the marketplace and he put a tiny little twist on it and says, I believe in this. Let's put it out. Let's get it to market. And so we're seeing that with cloud. We're seeing that in technology. 
we've seen that with SD WAN. How I explained it, it's it's just a tiny little twist on the way people were managing and building out their networks before. And so I think that's been the key in this is seeing where we've come from and probably the next great thing that we'll see um, isn't going to be anything revolutionary. It's going to be a tiny twist that solved a problem that businesses may or may not have known that they had, but inevitably are willing to pay for um, because they know that somebody can do it and there's a product out there. Well, I think that just speaks to the fact that business-oriented tech solutions need to be solutions, right? That's what's always going to drive the market forward and what's going to remain. And oftentimes that's just looking at an infrastructure that's already in place and, like you said, giving it that slight upgrade and all of a sudden you've created a new market and people are flocking to purchase your tech. So, um, yeah, I, I do really think that if this kind of technology stays solution focused, which I think it has, you know, I don't really think there's a lot of flashy technology, like maybe you have to worry about in ed tech per se, or, you know, that's just one of several industries, but where AR and VR and and some of the more buzzwordy technologies uh, proliferate. And though they are useful, a lot of people just get caught up in the flashiness of them. I think when you're focusing on cloud technology and you're focusing on network infrastructure, it's been solution-oriented, and I think it's going to stay solution-oriented, and it really has to. Um, but people don't have to be that innovative. You know, that's that's what's exciting, is that you can really make that small tweak and see a, a gigantic impact. Yeah, it's a it's a good point. And, and to kind of, to, to really talk about how it all ties together is that you know historically it was well we have this solution and then well it does this thing and we have this other solution and it does this thing and so you you get this culmination of solutions to now where when we start to look at things like iot and sd-win and artificial intelligence and, and what we're doing in contact center to you know we're it's all about the data where 70 percent of the data that's in the world is still unstructured and that's a gold mine for an ai platform to comb through so businesses have all this data so it ties to that data in the center and all these solutions are now working in conjunction with one another to help customers monetize their data and to make efficient uses of their data in a way to where we don't have all these different wheelhouses. We really have all these solutions um, humming together, singing the same song so that it isn't so hard to manage and maintain them all. They're all working together. Well, Josh, I feel like that just about covers it. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and walking us through this cyclical nature of business-oriented tech solutions how your company really acts as that middle ground to help connect the manufacturers and the entrepreneurs to the end users. And, you know, you really get to be kind of a gatekeeper to help the entrepreneurs develop better tech by giving them the feedback and then delivering the best of that to the end user and really driving change and driving efficiency in any market so josh thank you for joining us on the podcast i'm looking forward to round three when we get you back on it's going to be a good one thanks so much man i appreciate it i'm excited and and i just we have this mission to to really help these companies bring technology forward and however we can do that we're happy to do it and we're excited to help well thanks again josh and thank you everyone for listening to today's episode And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. 
and make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.